The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. People are shopping online more than ever, and the trend is rapidly changing the retail landscape. Here is my interview with retail executive Ron Johnson. Welcome to The Exchange, a conversation with people of interest to business and financial professionals around the world. I'm Jennifer Saba, a New York-based columnist for Breaking Views, the global financial commentary arm of Reuters. In this week's episode, I chat with Ron Johnson. Now, Ron is legendary in the world of retail. He's the guy who helped transform Target from a middle-of-the-road big-box retailer into a destination for chic but affordable house goods and fashion. It's now known as Target. That success landed Ron a place at Apple, where he worked with Steve Jobs to open Apple's first store 20 years ago and solidify the tech firm's place in retail. But Ron didn't always have the magic touch. His stint as CEO of the beleaguered U.S. department store, JCPenney, was marked with challenges. But now Ron has turned his attention to mobile commerce and a new venture he founded called Enjoy. And as someone who is on point with the trends, Enjoy agreed in April to merge with a SPAC. I talk with Ron about how his past experiences has informed the idea of mobile commerce and what he sees on the horizon for retail. Here's my interview with Ron. Ron, welcome to the program. You reimagined Target. You were basically the brains, if you will, behind opening the first Apple store. That was 20 years ago, which is incredible to believe. And I mean, also, you've had your share of challenges, including your stint as um, CEO of JCPenney. But it kind of throughout your career, what have you learned? For me, I've learned so much. You know, I'm a a student of the industry. I've been immersed in the retail industry for nearly 40 years, and it's my passion. And I wake up thinking about it. I visit stores. And, I, and I've learned what, what I love to do is to figure out what's next and do it now. And by and large, it's been very successful. It worked at Target as we became Target. The Apple stores were quite a bit ahead of their time. They're still relevant. It didn't work at Penny's. We can jump into that. But I think it's going to work here to enjoy because we're off to a great start. But to me, retail's always been about next. Think of fashion. You know, you go to the store to find the next great item to wear. You know, it's it's about next. Yeah. You look for the next great format, the next exciting store. Uh, retail's always about next. And and I've just learned that when you you go where the puck's going and you have confidence in that, you'll disrupt the industry or change a company. And that's what I enjoy doing. So let me just kind of, again, kind of uh, as a big picture here, and I, I don't want to dwell on JCPenney at all, but I sure. mean, it is it is, it is is relevant, though, to what's happening in the overall retail landscape, right? Uh, and particularly with COVID, it's sort of, it has, you know, basically separated out the really weak from the strong. Sure. And, you know, I guess my question to you is, do you feel that there are some brands, even iconic brands, that are just better off um, dead. <laughs> you know yeah, well, I mean? unfortunately, what happens, what, it gets back to my theory about, you know, and we're always looking for next. You know, the young people don't want to wear what the parents wear. They don't want to shop where their parents shop. It's kind of the nature of, you know, life in many ways. And so it's very hard for a retail brand to survive for decades and generations. 
And they all struggle from what I'd say is a simple way to think about it is becoming tired. You know, the yeah. gap was this standout in the 80s and 90s, and we all know it got tired. And they've been trying to resurrect it, but it's really hard, you know, and and that's what happened to JCPenney, a great American institution for 100 years. It got tired. The business model got tired. The customer aged, you know, so then you got to figure out how do I get the young folks to find that to be a better choice than the alternatives? And that's a hard thing to do. And so I, I don't know if they're better off, you know, you always love things to continue at some level to keep people employed in that. But from a competitive perspective, it's really hard to stay on top for decades. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you did, you sort of, you, you reimagined Target because I'm going to be right. honest. Like I remember Target was sort of this tired brand. What I had the idea was, you know, good design doesn't have to be expensive. We did the very first collaboration, which are really common now, where we had someone design products and Target produce those. We did that in the home with Michael Graves. Yeah. And that struck a chord. And that was when Target really started to separate itself. But the reason Target survives is there's two companies that you'd call today large discount stores. It's Walmart and Target. And they've carved out really big niches, right? Target's kind of the upscale discounter for the people who have more. Walmart's kind of the everyday essentials for people that have a little less. You know, they're very distinct strategies, but they're kind of a relevant place to shop because they have everything you need, very convenient with a lot of stores. So the, these kind of places can survive a long time. It's harder when you're trying to win on fashion and brand and all that sort of stuff, like a Gap would do, like a Penny's has to, like a Kohl's mm -hmm. trying to. If That's that interesting. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. So let, let me, let, let's take that to Apple. I mean, not, not to put Apple in the category of tired or, um, you know, on its way out, but it's it's a little different than kind of what you were explaining mm -hmm. uh, just a minute ago. So if you could take me through that, right, because here's a, a technology company that, you know, didn't, it was really online. It was, or I get, or, you know, it was doing it through, if I remember correctly, trying to get a Mac through another, right. I guess, a, another dealer. Now that I think about it, it's been so long since I've really had to actually think, or you could do it through Apple, but Take me through the concept of when when um, Apple was like, you know what, we should really have a store. We should kind of put a footprint. And what was that like? Sure. So, but you think about Apple. Apple was founded, you know, right around 1980, invented the personal computer and the yeah. Mac and all that stuff. But then it's, you know, Microsoft took over the operating system, Dell, Gateway, all these PCs. When I joined Apple in 2000, we had about 3% market share. And we were just a, a great product for creative pros or cult users. Yeah. But Steve knew that we had amazing products, but our problem was nobody could discover them. No one could find them. They were only sold at these techie, you know, specialists that most people weren't comfortable going to. So Steve wanted to reach out and hunt for customers. And so I was tasked with uh, developing a retail strategy for Apple. And the big decision we made was that we assumed no one would get in their car and drive 10 miles to an Apple store. But if we could get them to go 10 feet out of their way, we'd have a chance. And if mm -hmm. people walked in the store, we have a chance to win. And so back in 2000, we decided to put these Apple stores 
in shopping malls and people thought we were absolutely crazy. I mean, shopping malls weren't sure what to do. They'd never had a technology store in a mall and they didn't like it at first, but finally they said yes. And, uh, but that changed Apple. And then Apple kept inventing these new products in 2001 to four, the iPod. And then in 2007, the iPhone, and then 2010, the iPad, and now it's AirPods and it's on and on. So Apple's had a cadence of newness that keeps them relevant, right? And so Apple's still a vibrant company with relevant products to people. Um, So I don't look at Apple as being tired at all. In fact, it's becoming more exciting as they get. Yeah, no, and, and 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 I want I, I want to I don't want to suggest that Apple is yeah. is tired, but but it, it is kind of a unique. It's unique to what you were talking about in terms of fashion, and yeah. but but you are correct. Apple is constantly having to reinvent itself. You know, almost to where you can argue that they're sort of at this. I would say an inflection point, right? They haven't mm-hmm. had, they haven't had the next iPhone, right? It's like how do you. How do you surmount that? What what's the next thing? And I think people always look at Apple and they they're sort of like the, the expectations are quite high for what's next, right? I kind of disagree because if Apple had missed something, that'd be one thing. But the reality is, technology kind of is governed by some core technologies like screen sizes and different things, and people are trying to get to you know, AI and all this stuff, but it's, you know, it's taking a long time, virtual reality, all these things are not ready for prime time yet. I'm sure Apple's working on lots of things in the background. Yeah. But they still have, most people would argue the highest quality customer experience with super high quality products that people find very exciting. And lately most of their innovation, a lot of the innovations come in applications and uh, services and, you know, we're all watching Ted Lasso. That's an Apple product, right? So you've got to look at a company like Apple at innovation happening within the core. It's not always the next thing. It's how they update what they do. And they do an exceptional job of that, whether it's stores, software, products. Your new company, Enjoy, mm-hmm. um, which is described as commerce at home. We, when I was kind of looking at it, it, I was thinking, you know, this is kind of a cross between a Mary Kay and the Geek Squad. But, you know, explain the concept to me. What is Enjoy? Well, everything is informed by other things, but it's just very simple, Jennifer. Increasingly, we're shopping from home. We call it online shopping, but it's really you're making a choice. I'm going to shop at home and have it delivered to my home versus go to a store. Yeah. All we have, though, to date through Amazon and others is digital convenience. It comes to the door. But in the physical world, there are two types of stores fundamentally. There's stores that are convenience stores like a Target maybe. And there are stores when you purchase really counts that you expect more like an Apple store. Mm -hmm. So then in a world that's going digital, how do you reinvent the experience, the last mile for someone who starts online? And so what we do is instead of getting to the door, we go through the door and we provide everything you can do in a store in the comfort of your home. That's commerce at home. But if you think about it, everything's going to the home. Airbnb is a commerce at home platform. They turn a home into a hotel. Peloton is a commerce at home platform. Instead of going to the SoulCycle studio with a bike, a subscription, I can pick from all these instructors and all these workouts. So the commerce is moving to the home and we're just inventing that for shopping. Where it's different than Mary Kay is we're not our own brand, we're doing this for the world's 
biggest and best companies. We operate mobile stores for Apple. You know, okay. the United States and New York and Washington, D.C. and Miami, Atlanta and Dallas and San Francisco, a lot of places. And yes. so now you can just go on the Apple site, pick a commerce and all, pick enjoy with the device delivery, and we'll bring the product to you. We'll set it up in the home. We carry the same point of sale as the stores. We have all the inventory you can buy. Uh, we deliver a retail experience in your home. So, so let me just kind of, you know, drill down a little bit on this then. So if I'm on um, apple.com and I yep. decide I'm going to buy the latest iPhone and I do that is so basically what's going to happen is there's going to be um, uh, an option for me to say, hey, would you like somebody from Enjoy? Is it branded Enjoy? Yeah. No, it's branded. It's just Apple. Apple doesn't brand its options, but if you think about it, if you go to the Apple site today, you have two fundamental choices. I can pick up in store. Yeah. Or I can have it delivered. On the delivery side, for years, it was kind of this three or four day delivery. And then they added fast delivery, you know, where you can get it today for $9. They've now added a new thing, which is delivery with device setup. It's that okay. mobile reflux. That's what we do. Okay. So Apple's done a great job of saying we've got to give our customers choices. So they have options for how they want to buy and they can pick the best one. And so now you have a mobile retail experience at a, at home to go with this great retail experience in the store. Okay. So well, let me ask you this then. How, what was COVID like for you? What was, what was 2020 like? Because well, it actually was, it played both ways. So it was really yeah. a huge opportunity because stores closed, right? Yeah, and e-commerce went through the roof, right? Everybody went was through the roof, and yeah. so our volume, our demand went through the roof, you know. And and uh, but we couldn't even go through the door, let alone the roof, you know. We yeah. we had to do visits. We did them outside most of the time. So once we learned that you know COVID wasn't largely uh, moved from person to person outdoors, we would bring tables or set up at a on a porch and deliver a retail experience just outside the door. And people loved it. They loved the effort. They loved the experience. We still got these very high NPS scores from customers, you know, running around 88. Okay. Even during COVID. Uh, but now, even with the variant coming, more and more people are inviting us through the door. We're most of our employees are vaccinated, you know, so we're back to delivering that great enjoy experience. So uh, do you, I mean, like, this seems like a natural um, a natural thing for a tech product, right? Like I see how this would work for Apple or AT&T because sure. sometimes, you know, when I get a phone, I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want to have to deal with like, you know, I, I don't know, just resetting up a phone and moving everything around. It's it's a pain in the neck. But how do you envision this company growing beyond that? Like I'm assuming that's sort of your your goal, right? Is to expand beyond tech or expand beyond telecom. Yeah, no, we we we'd love to someday, but you know we're serving really big companies, and you know you think about every country has a couple of leading telcos that serve thirty to forty percent of the market. Yeah, Apple serves a very large part of the market. So just operating stores for these companies, we can build a really really big company, but it will be fun to go to other categories. But it's happening as we speak. You know, Tesla, they deliver cars to your home. They come to the home for repairs. You know, I, I, I don't think electric vehicles will be largely bought in the same way 
at dealerships as we buy gas cars today because they don't need the maintenance and the same repair. If you're buying electric bikes today for a company like Rad, they've got stores that come to you, test drive at home, and they deliver your bike at home. You know, so this is happening quietly as we speak. You order a Peloton bike, someone comes and sets it up in your home. That's commerce at home. So there's more of it than you think. And it's not like it's that new. Like you mentioned, Mary Kay Avon have been delivering cosmetics, you know, beauty products in the home for decades. Yeah. Right. So this is just I, a modern way to do it. Yeah. So but but the 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 products that you're that you've that you're describing and that you're mentioning, they're they're high, they're very expensive products, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like a Peloton is goes for what over a thousand dollars and a Tesla. I would hope someone would show up at my house and yeah. <laughs> tell me but that, that. But that Jennifer, that's the point that. here. That's the point. I think I, I mentioned I really see a future where stores will be a part of it, but we'll start more and more online and online shopping will continue to grow. Like I said, most things we buy will be delivered to the door for convenience and they'll tend to be lower priced. But when your purchase really counts, like that next iPhone, like your next Mac, like a Peloton, you're going to want someone to come help you at home. And yeah. that's the future we're in. The world's become very mobile, right? There are companies that do this every day, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers. You know, we're in a mobile world now, and we're just inventing how to bring the store to the home. And it seems very obvious to me for certain products. So, okay, the, so the, the, the twist to this, though, is like, I, I can see your connection with Apple because you came from Apple. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm a Peloton, or actually if I'm a Tesla, you know, that brand would mean something it means something. And I'm not quite sure I would want a third party to be a represent, you know, a represent that brand. Do you, do you, how, do you see, um, is that a problem? That I don't think, I don't think so because uh, remember what we do is we operate stores for our partners. So our partners like AT&T, yeah. we'll work with them on how we train people. What are all their priorities? We'll become product, uh, you know, efficient, just like someone might be in one of their stores. Okay. So for every partner, we're delivering experience on behalf of them. Okay. It's really hard to do, though, because you, you can't just say, I want to go to the home. You got to manage mobile inventory. You got to figure out how to navigate people. You got to figure out how to hire and uh, train people for an in-home experience. It's a very different muscle than a physical store. And so that's why people turn to us. But we want to become the kind of the trusted best commerce at home platform for premium brands do, do you actually hold the inventory like how i mean do. so you have a bunch of iphones yeah so what happens is apple or anyone will our partners will send us inventory where we have a local warehouse we call it an enjoy house that we keep inventory at but then we then send out these vans mobile stores that are filled with inventory and we know real time where the inventory is where the customer is so we can match to have fast, same day, you know, delivery experiences. So we not only manage the inventory, we do that mobily. Where so do you actually do you actually buy it or is it you that? Buy it. You, you, okay. Well, you can buy it. on. Most people will start online. They'll buy the product. Then right. when you come to the home, you'll buy everything else. So it's like in a retail store, okay. a lot of times you buy the most important product first. Right. But then you'll go buy other things. You might buy cases and screensavers and sign up for a protection program or sure. 
you know, you get a third party product and we bring all that to the home. But I guess my question is, okay, again, just like to to kind of get in the nitty gritty of it. If I order an iPhone yeah. and I choose the option for Enjoy to come and deliver it to my house, it, am I buying that iPhone from you or am I buying you buy iPhone it from Apple? Apple? You okay. buy it, you pay for it online like you would if you were having something delivered. Okay. But then you'll pick a mobile experience and then you'll get a lot of communication, you know, confirmation. The day okay. before will be there tomorrow between 10 and 12. That's the time you pick. Does that still work? We're on the way. Hey, I'm Ron. I'm your expert. I might call. I might text. I'd show up at the door. Then in the driveway, I'd have my mobile store. Now, the first thing I do is come to the door and say hello and bring the product and get you up and running with the product you have. But then through a QR code like the restaurant, I can show you everything that's in the van. And that creates a customized website for you based on the product you bought of other things you can buy. And, Got you it. Buy and that's the inventory that, and that's the inventory you actually hold and, and, and own. hold and manage. We don't own it, but we hold and manage it. Correct. Hold and manage. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. So basically we've, if we're going to make this work, we've got to be able to do everything you can do, do in a store or people go to the store. So we deliver, we set up, we activate, you can buy third party products. We can set you up with services that you want to buy. We can take trade-ins, you know, anything you can do in a store, we can now do in the home. Okay, interesting. And so do you take a, what's, how does the revenue work then? How, yeah, the partners work? will, the partners will pay us based on, you know, mainly what happens during the experience. So if we sell something, you know, they will give us a share of that, but they'll keep some for themselves. And that's why they love it because we turn this cost center of dumb delivery into an experience for their customers with high engagement, high NPS, and incremental revenue, right? So we turn that cost of delivery into a newfound profit center. And you know, you talked about the last mile because this is a huge issue for a lot of retailers. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, you know, part of the reason why I think Walmart and Target, for example, have had such great success, you know, not just through the pandemic, but they were kind of building up through it is that because they have these physical stores and they can do a lot of different things with it, like you can shop and then online and then go pick up at a Target, mm -hmm. curbside pickup, et cetera. Whereas like Amazon, I guess it's it's trying to get in that with Whole Foods and the Amazon lockers and things like that. So are you trying to not only kind of say, okay, we're going to bring the store to your home. But are you also kind of saying to to your um, to the people that you're doing business with, like, hey, we're going to take some of the risk out of this last mile? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, what Target and Walmart done, have done over the past five years is remarkable. They turned these physical stores into warehouses where customers can shop, but it's the engine of their e-commerce. So they have a big competitive advantage versus Walmart. When people come to the store, it's very low cost for them. Walmart has to ship everything. But Target and Walmart are within seven miles of the customer. You know, Amazon's trying to get within an hour. You know, yeah. so it's a, a remarkable thing. And we're just taking it to the next level. You know, so we're now, instead of you having to come to the store, have it delivered to you, we bring it to you with the store, right? So retail's always been about that next innovation. And so much happens through formats. We went from, you know, streets to malls to department stores to big box stores to specialty stores to outlet stores to online, led by Amazon. 
And now the next part is mobile. How do you bring a mobile store? It's just the natural evolution of commerce if you follow what's happening in the world, right? At the end of April, you decided, or Enjoy decided, I should say, to merge with a SPAC sponsored yeah. by the main group and the Ricketts family who own the Chicago Cubs baseball team. So take me through that. Why, why did you decide to go uh, the route of a SPAC versus just going public? Yeah, so very, it was quite simple to us. Last fall, we decided, as we started to roll out Apple, we need a stronger balance sheet. We've got this big idea. We're going to be doubling revenue every year for the next five years. We need more capital. Mm-hmm. So the first cut, you either go another round to private or you go public. We said, let's go public mm-hmm. because we're ready to be a public company. We're predictable enough. Our profit formula is figured out, all that good stuff. Let's go public. Then you got to make the decision to go public in a traditional IPO or through a SPAC. Well, we chose the SPAC because while we're ready to go public, we've got a relatively new business model. Think Mm. of all the time you and I spend talking, trying to explain what Enjoy does, how do we do it? In a merger through a SPAC, you can share more information with investors. We can, for example, share a five-year business plan. It's just a lot more transparent. And I think for someone to invest in a new company, it's nice that they have access to lots of information. And in a traditional public process, we couldn't do that. So we made the decision to go through a SPAC. And we were lucky that we found you know, the Marquis Rain Group because, as an example, the Ricketts family that you mentioned, Tom, they run world-class companies. And the Chicago Cubs are beloved, great service. Tom's going to join the board. Mm-hmm. You know, the benefit of going public, but getting help from people like Tom and the people from the Rain Group. Ron, thank you so much for coming on The Exchange. Thanks. That wraps up this episode of The Exchange. Thank you for tuning in. I also want to give a shout out to Amanda Gomez, who produced this podcast. If you haven't already done so, please sign up on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you go for audio cravings. Also, check out our sister podcast, The Views Room. And of course, don't forget to check out breakingviews.com. Thanks for listening.